welcome to Let's Manifest That. This is Cody. And this is Sydney. And this week we're talking about soulmates. Twin flames. Karmic relationships. <laughs> oh, I'm oh. being attacked. <laughs> and Maddie's here. She's so sweet, but she's so... <sighs> she's she's aggressive with her love. She's very aggressive. I Not at, like mean aggressive, like you said, but I, I love that. But also <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, and it's so hard because most of the time she's like the sweetest little angel and mm-hmm. is like so gentle and cuddly. But then as soon as someone comes over, she's just a freaking psycho. And it sucks because I'm like, I promise she's really good. <laughs> promise that she's usually really sweet. But it's hard because no one ever like gets to see that side of her because she never calms down. Um, She'll burn herself out eventually, right? Uh, maybe. She's got a lot of energy. <laughs> She's almost five years old, but still kicking. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, so this week we're talking about relationships. Um, but first, I have a correction. Brad corrected me last night so sneakily. Ooh. He uh, he was talking about, I don't know, some comedy thing. And he's like, yeah, so-and-so, so-and-so, and Dan Cummins. I was like, yeah? He's like, yeah, Dan Cummins and this person. And I'm like... Uh huh. He's like, you said it wrong in the podcast like three times. It's Dan Cummins, not Cummings. And I'm like, so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's funny. (laughs) But I also don't listen to Dan Cummins as much as Brad does. I've only listened to like a couple of things whenever uh, Brad has it playing, or I listened to it for the Mothman episode too Mm -hmm. because I knew that he had one on that. But so I'm so sorry if I offended anybody by pronouncing his name incorrectly. That's all right. He was also mad that we we made fun of him. That's true. <laughs> so he had to he had to get you back a little bit. Maybe that's why he corrected me yesterday because he listened to the podcast where we kind of made fun of him. That that had to have been it. I was so scared for a second. He was like, "Thanks for." I don't remember what he said, but I was like, "Uh oh." Thanks so, for the shout out. Oh yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. By the time that these come out and um, people listen to them, I usually forget some of the yeah. stuff that we talked about. I have no existing memory of anything I've said. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I refuse to listen to the podcast because I'm like, I don't want to remember the horrible, embarrassing things I said. Because it's, yeah, it's weird. Sometimes like as I even listen back to this in editing, I'm like, why did I say that? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I don't want to, I am so critical of myself and I'm sure I would get used to it or like mm-hmm. just get over it eventually, but I don't, oh, I don't know. You just get to cut out the parts you don't like true (laughs) all right so we're gonna talk about some stuff today and this one's interesting because i feel like it's so deeply embedded in our culture Mm -hmm. that people just accept it um so yeah soulmates so first of all um do you believe in soulmates yes i believe that you can be soulmates or deeply connected with Mm -hmm. people in different aspects of your life not just like romantically yeah um i was listening to a podcast called um binge mode it's a like for the ringer podcast and um there's a man and woman team and they're not like romantically involved Mm -hmm. in any way they're just really good friends and i heard her call him her soulmate in all things analytical oh and i was like that is such a neat way of putting that i absolutely love that yeah um and they're so definitely so connected in this like she i think she called them soulmates of each other's mind Mm -hmm. and i was like that is so wonderful that she can understand that and separate that idea because she's a married woman and yeah like she has you know the love of her husband but she can also have these amazing connections with her friends yeah. and i was like that is so true yeah i definitely believe that and in a way that her husband probably doesn't give her because i mean what yeah. are the chances that her husband would you know fulfill all these aspects of her life yeah that just doesn't it doesn't seem possible to me mm-hmm. and i think a soulmate is just like you just click and mm-hmm. you have like the same same like deep down feelings, beliefs, thoughts, like and not necessarily all the same, but like in ways that can complement each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a friend, Orly, who we just call each other soul sisters because mm-hmm. like we feel very connected and we felt that way like almost immediately. Like we didn't know each other very well. She was actually one of my aerial students mm-hmm. and we became friends because I was like, hey, I have an idea for an aerial act. But I need another person who wants to do it. And she volunteered We've never hung out before or anything, but, like, we connected right away mm-hmm. and trusted each other right away to do this crazy stuff that we were doing. 
so we just we call each other soul sisters yeah and like we'll find each other like saying the same things at the same time and Mm -hmm. like having the same feelings and stuff like that that just feels like easy and like you just click yeah and i feel that way about like you Mm -hmm. like we connected in this on our spiritual journey or whatever you want to call it and i do not have that connection with charlie at all yeah um i don't we don't even really talk about that kind of stuff because he just isn't into it Mm -hmm. and and now i have another friend to be connected with in that way and that's totally fine that he's not interested in it he can like i'll i'll talk to him about it Mm -hmm. but not in a way where we can like back and forth bond over it but more of a like he's interested in it because it makes me excited and that makes him excited so that's actually one of the things that i remember reading about soulmates was that soulmates are about healing, whereas, like, mm-hmm. other relationships we're going to talk about can be, be more about lessons, mm-hmm. um, like, personal growth, but soulmates are supposed to be about healing because you can have that connection where, like, you feel like they're really connecting to you, like, on a deeper level than other people are. So I mm-hmm. think that kind of, like, can help promote those, like, conversations and feelings and whatnot that can lead to, like, uh, healing within yourself. Yeah, and I have connections with uh, somebody in my writing cohort. His name's Grant. And I feel completely able to talk to him about Mm -hmm. writing, about the process of writing, about the loneliness of writing. And um, he completely understands and we can talk about this thing that I really have no connection with anybody else on. Not that, you know, you have to go to school to be a writer, Mm -hmm. but he understands the pressures that school puts on writing and puts on you as a writer. And I can't have that with anybody else because they're not in that exact position that I am but out of all of my cohort I do feel the most connected to him and it's not romantic Mm -hmm. it's not anything like that it's purely just I trust him to be able to open up about my insecurities and we completely understand and connect and something I saw picked up because that was demonic oh we had to kick maddie out of the room so now she's just crying in the hallway so if you hear that sound once again that's just maddie and i saw something that talked about frequencies it said that soulmates are somebody you vibe with on the same frequency Hmm. and It can happen with multiple people. Yeah. Like when I was looking up the difference between twin flames and soulmate, which we're going to talk about mm-hmm. in a minute. I just thought that was so true and I felt really connected to that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that literally is just somebody who like fills your soul. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it can be multiple people. Exactly. You mm-hmm. have things in common. You understand each other. You communicate well. Yeah. You trust each other, which are, you know, we talked about last episode. It, um, which are things you have to nurture in mm-hmm. any relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like it's a big misconception that I feel like a lot of times soulmates are looked at as like mostly romantic relationships and that they like are your other half. Like mm-hmm. you have to search for this person and once you find them, you're fulfilled. But really like they help you fulfill yourself in ways. Yeah. And I I want to destroy the idea that romantic relationships are above other relationships Mm -hmm. because that is just not true and we talked about that again a lot on the last episode but I feel like it is worth repeating because it can be such a toxic mindset to be in of like I have to nurture this one relationship this one relationship is above all others and like that's not true um you get so much reward from all of your relationships yeah, absolutely. Poor baby. Oh, she's really going at it, man. She really is. She's really not having a good time. So sorry if you can hear her. There's nothing to really do about There's it. There's nothing to do about it, unfortunately. Uh, you can play a drinking game every time you hear Maddie in the background take a drink. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you have anything like on the history of soulmates? Yeah, I do. There is um a Greek myth that goes along with that the myth of soulmates so there used to be three genders in nature to just in with this myth we know that there's all sorts of genders but for this myth there were three genders so man woman and the androgynous so 
each gen each gender had two sets of genitalia with the androgynous having both male and female so in this myth people were connected so they had two sets of arms and two sets of legs and two heads hmm. and the gods feared them and so they their instinct was to destroy the humans oh and but you know as we know in other myths the gods are really selfish and so they were worried that they wouldn't get any more tributes if they destroyed the humans. So what they did was they separated them. So they made, you know, a human with two arms on one mm -hmm. side and two legs. And these humans, with the loss of their other half, were miserable. They wouldn't eat. They wouldn't drink. They didn't really care if they died at all. So the god Apollo decided to reconstruct them as the humans we are now, you know, with mm -hmm. one arm on one side, an arm on the other side. But still missing that other half. So that is where, like, the myth of soulmates come from. That, like, you were at one point connected with somebody, the gods are jealous, separated you, and now you're forever searching for that other half. Um, I like the comic that describes it of, like, I've, I've seen this before mm -hmm. of, their, you know, a depiction of the people and they each have a shape on their chest. Like, one's a circle, a square... And then after they're separated, it's like half of a circle, mm, half of mm -hmm. a square. So that way you like know yeah. which one is yours. But if you've seen that picture, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. That's that's kind of like the summed up version of that yeah. myth. So what is the difference between a soulmate and a twin flame? Let me pull up the document. And also um, a twin flame is sometimes called a mere soul. I also saw a soul connection. Hmm. Cool. Um, but... What I saw was that a twin flame is the other half of your soul. Mm -hmm. So a soul can split into two after ascending to a high frequency. See our Auras episode for more discussion <laughs> on frequencies. Um, but essentially, ascending is freeing oneself of the dense and heavy state that imprisons us. So after that, the soul lands in two bodies. So it's essentially one soul in two bodies, mm -hmm. whereas we discussed a soulmate is two people that have a similar frequency. Yeah, Twin flames can, of course, be romantic, but they can also be a very intense friendship, which makes me giggle because that's how you describe like homosexual <laughs> relationships. It's just an intense friendship when like you don't <laughs> want people to know you're gay. Yeah. Um, so it is said that you will meet your twin flame at some point in your life and it will be like meeting someone you already know. Mm -hmm. Did you read that anywhere? Um, yeah, I read some stuff similar to that and that one of the main characteristics of a twin flame relationship was also that it can be challenging mm -hmm. and it can be healing to you. But because they're like a, a mirror of you... Um, it can also show like your deepest insecurities, yeah. your fears, all that stuff. Because if you have those things, they're also going to have those things. So they can also be very intense relationships. I also had a note on here that this psychotherapist, Babita Spinelli, said that there is a misnomer that a twin flame completes you, where in reality, relationships are meant to encourage you to be more complete, complete in your own right. And that was my big issue with twin flames is the way that it was described mm -hmm. to me was that you're not whole. Yeah. That you need somebody else to make you complete. And I do not agree with that at all. Yeah. You are complete on your own. But it's nice to have somebody else that you can connect with. Yeah. And like, I think that's like a huge thing with soulmates, twin flames, all this stuff is that it's like, oh, well, once I find this person, I'm set. I'm mm -hmm. good. Like, that's not what it is, though. I feel like a lot of times these things actually, like, especially a twin flame, um, like, it shows you the things about yourself that you need to work on mm -hmm. because it's in your face. Like, you guys are both going to see it. And it can get toxic, I think, really yeah. easily because of that. Mm -hmm. And also because there's such, like, an intenseness there that sometimes there is a feeling of this person is my everything. Yeah. And... um that can go down like a really slippery slope if you're not ready to work on yourself. Yeah, yeah. I had um, I have some twin flame symptoms hmm. that will kind of address address that. Cool. Um, uh, some symptoms of knowing you're about to meet your twin flame or are meeting your twin flame 
you will intuitively know what the other person is doing, feeling, or thinking about, sharing many of the same interests, often having the same thoughts or emotions at the same time, feeling a strong physical pull to touch or be close, having the same dreams at night, which I read that and then immediately texted my sister because we've had the same <laughs> dreams on the same night before. Oh, that's crazy. And it, it, yeah, it's very crazy because we'll come downstairs and be like, I just had a dream about zombies. And she'll be like, I did too. That's so weird. Oh, that How is, is really that weird. happening? Wow. Feeling like you can easily communicate without speaking out loud. So like mm. facial expressions, gestures, mm-hmm. um, understanding complex or hidden parts of each other, which I like that part. But also, I feel like a lot of that doesn't apply to just twin flames. Yeah. Um, Sharing some of the same vulnerabilities and weaknesses and feeling like it's safe and natural to be your authentic self. And these are things that, like, I've experienced with Charlie, Mm -hmm. like, meeting and then feeling like I already know him or, like, it's easy to get to know him. Obviously, sharing a lot of the same interests. And so another problem I have with this is that it all feels very pretentious to me. And it might have just been the articles I was reading, the way it was worded, the tone. But at the same time, I'm like, I I don't know. I just feel like it's it can be a lot of gatekeeping and very elitist. Mm-hmm. Some of this thinking, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think... I think it's important to not look too much into these things. Yeah. Because I think it can also get really it can get bad if you're looking for these things. Mm-hmm. And also, if you think that you're looking for these things, you might accidentally create these things in somebody else and then be so stuck with them being like, no, they're my twin flame when really, like, yeah. you're just in a toxic relationship. Because, like, <laughs> we've talked yeah. before about how um, we sometimes would, like, adapt traits of other people, yeah. like, to ourselves. So you might be looking at that list and being like, oh, well, of course, we have so much stuff in common. Yeah. We have all of these things. But really, like, you're manipulating yourself without even knowing it to um be more like them Mm -hmm. and then that's just gonna make the relationship even worse because you're like you are my other half you're my everything you're my twin flame but like really you're not and it's going to dissolve and it's going to be really messy and i've also seen a lot of like gatekeeping Mm -hmm. or just people being rude to somebody else on the internet about this kind of stuff which is very frustrating like how can you gatekeep somebody's spirituality? Like, that is their own personal yeah. journey. Like, I saw a TikTok of somebody being like, this is my twin flame. And then somebody duetted it. And they were like, do you even know what a twin flame really is? Because it's not a soulmate. And I was like, just let them. You don't know their relationship. Yeah. Like, just let them yeah. be. Why? Also, mind your business. Yeah. Mind your business. I think the only time that that would be okay is if you are a friend of that person and know that it's just a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're like, um, sweetie. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's your twin flame. <laughs> yeah, that's when it's like, okay, this is, I need to step in it. But like, yeah. just trying to gatekeep spirituality and telling people they're doing mm-hmm. it wrong. That's an issue in general. Yes. Yeah, big time. I find that to be so toxic. Mm-hmm. And like, just let people do it the way that they're comfortable with. If they're not appropriating, they're not harming, mm-hmm. just let it be. Yeah. Mind your business. You will feel so much better if you just let things exactly. go. Well, yeah, you're just destroying yourself more by finding those things and by mm-hmm. getting so triggered by those things. I mean, yeah, if it's some 16-year-old who's like, this is my twin flame, my life is complete now. Okay, yeah, maybe not, yeah, but yeah. also let them be. Who are they hurting right like, now? Like a, If it's like a Sabrina the Teenage Witch thing where she's deciding who gets <laughs> to and who, gets, who doesn't get to be dragged onto hell, like... Maybe we should step in and be like, listen, you are a child. Yeah. Calm down. The whole weight of the world does not fall onto you. Yeah. But just... Or ugh. or educate. Like, yeah. if you really don't think that they know, say, hey, maybe read these things. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're interested in that, here's some more material for you. Instead of just being like, no, you don't yeah. know. Maybe try to educate them like Mm -hmm. in a you know tasteful manner one of the most helpful things i've ever seen is obviously i'm very interested in the book and writing community and 
when somebody says they haven't seen or read something, instead of being like, oh my God, you haven't read that, be like, oh my God, you have such a wonderful treat ahead of you. Like, this is going to be such an amazing thing for you. I can't wait. I'm excited for you. Yeah. And like, use that kind of language rather than shutting somebody down. Because every time I've been like, oh, I've never read, um, like any Tolstoy and someone's like you've never read Tolstoy oh my god how are you even a writer yeah it makes me just never I'm never gonna read it now I'd be just to spite you yeah because I hate being told what to do yeah also like I don't know just be like cool about things well, and also, they might realize later that, like, this wasn't their soulmate. It wasn't their twin flame. Mm-hmm. But that's their journey to learn. Exactly. It's not your place to try to tell them no. It's their journey to learn that. Mm-hmm. And um, I follow a girl on YouTube who uh, was would talk about how her husband, they jumped into a relationship super quickly, got married super quickly. But she's like, it's my twin flame. Like, we met and we just mm-hmm. clicked and all this stuff. And it actually ended up being kind of an awful toxic relationship. Yeah. And then later, she was like... I, I still feel like that might have been my twin flame, but I think that, like, we weren't ready to meet each other, yeah. and, like, we still had more to learn. And I think later she might have said that I think she thought it was actually, like, a karmic relationship, but she got really caught up in it. But that was her lesson mm-hmm. to learn. There were comments on her videos to be like, I don't think so. This looks pretty awful. But, like, she wasn't going to listen to that. Yeah. She was caught up in this whole, like, I'm married to this guy who I just met. He's, like, my other half and all this stuff. She wasn't going to listen to those comments, yeah. like YouTube comments. She needed to learn that on her own. They ended up like getting divorced. He like left her a couple times, like completely, mm-hmm. would just like leave and like ghost her. And I'm like, oh. her husband. Yeah. I'm like, Yikes. oh, sweetie. Uh, no, but she needed to learn that. And she's like, yeah. yeah, like I learned lessons from that and whatnot. And that's the point of some of these relationships too, is to learn lessons from them. Exactly. And so a lot of the stuff so we're, i'm gonna go over those seven twin flame stages in mm-hmm. a minute and a lot of it is like a full body thing and i've been in relationships before where we would hang out and afterwards i would go home and just have this urge to just cry because my full body knows that like this is not right mm-hmm. this is not the correct relationship for you and you're forcing it and it that's not healthy yeah and that was before i even knew about any of this stuff but like my instincts were just telling me like this is not right mm-hmm. but you keep trying to make it right and that's, <laughs> no matter what you do it's not gonna make it right yeah so the seven twin flame stages starts with the search begins with a yearning and awareness that something is lacking in your life which is language i don't really like mm-hmm. like you can find happiness without it being somebody else yeah but you know a lot of people feel that way I guess um and that's not to like put down people who want a relationship that's totally fine to want a relationship but you also have to be in the mindset of like you don't need a relationship Mm -hmm. but it would be nice maybe you like feel like uh maybe you're just feeling that pull of like I'm ready for something like I'm ready for this more than like lacking something in your life yeah because I feel like that feeling could also be because I've had that feeling several times in my life where some something new is about to come. And sometimes it's a like it's going to grad school or mm-hmm. it's a job opportunity or it's something like that. And those things can be just as fulfilling. Oh, yeah. Um, so in this stage, uh, you may begin preparation for meeting your twin flame. So such as therapy, finding closure in the past. Um, and I can totally so after after flaming this i can totally relate to it at the same time yeah because before i met charlie i came to the realization that it's okay to date around like you don't have to find the one right away because (laughs) and and you can go on dates with people and kind of learn things about them that you're like okay i don't like this about Mm you um not that you're a bad person just that like this is not compatible for me or what yeah, I am looking for. It's almost for. like learning more about yourself in the process too and like what you want and what you like. Exactly. So I can definitely relate to that um, in that sort of sense mm-hmm. of like realizing that it's okay to look around because not everybody is going to be right for you. And sometimes yeah. it takes a little while to learn those little things about somebody that you're like, okay, I don't really like, I don't like how you dealt with this situation. So Maybe Mm -hmm. those are traits about you that I'm going to pass on. (laughs) Yeah. And you can also learn the things that that you can deal with. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, you're not going to love everything about somebody like Brad's loud chewing. I fucking hate whenever mm-hmm. he's chewing right next to me, but I can deal with it because I love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The things you're willing to compromise on. Yeah. Like, I went on a couple of dates with a guy, and then he ended up saying the N-word. Oh. And I can't, I, no, 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 no. That's not, going down a real bad slope yes. right there. And he was white. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to put that out there. Like, you know, reclaim <laughs> yeah. the word if you are a black person. Mm-hmm. But if you are white, no. 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 Because then like, oh, I, yeah, who knows like what else is simmering in that brain of his. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I saw, so obviously that was a huge red flag and I yeah. ghosted I ghosted him. I mean, that's, that's a, I think, a very fair reason to as well, yeah. honestly. And yeah, so I was like, okay, I absolutely don't want somebody who's going to say that like mm-hmm. that's embarrassing for him yeah and so no nope and i realized that was something i was not willing to compromise on yeah. at all and you shouldn't yeah <laughs> um so the next stage is the awakening so this is the awareness of your compatibility with somebody and this can happen right away like they said when you meet somebody you're mm-hmm. like oh my gosh i feel like i know you um and i definitely f- felt that way when I went on our my first date with Charlie like I walked into the restaurant and I was like oh I can this is cool this will be easy (laughs) and because it started out just just like ooh, (laughs) free food (laughs) and um then I remember it's a little fuzzy go away (laughs) I remember leaving the next day and being like wow I really like him and I immediately stopped talking to other people I was talking to because, you know, that's how dating Mm -hmm. is, you know. And it it was wild. It was just like, okay, this is, this is my (laughs) person. This is it. (laughs) And so the next stage is called the test. So trying to understand your relationship, testing boundaries and limits. um, This will occur after a bit of time. So they called it like after the honeymoon phase, Mm -hmm. you'll start the test. Um, and I can distinctly remember several times where, where like my, like loyalty and trust was put up to the test and like never test people on purpose. Cause yeah. that can be toxic. Yeah. But like if things occur naturally and. And they will throughout a relationship. Oh, of course. Yeah. And that person comes, you both come through on the other side with like a, an understanding mm-hmm. and you communicated through this thing. I think that that is definitely a a great tell if your relationship is going to work long term. Yeah. So the next one is called the crisis. Um, and these, this is. These all just sound great. I know. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> um, so this one is what we were talking about in like these can be kind of difficult mm-hmm. because this person will bring up your flaws. Um, so this involves anxiety and worries about your twin flame so you might start to um question things is this right am i may do i want this forever yeah. type of deal and i definitely was thinking that like at the beginning of this year because charlie and i've only been dating a year mm-hmm. where i was like is this right do i want this forever ah what if what if this what if mm-hmm. that you know you just start questioning yourself And so the next stage is called the running or chasing stage, depending on which twin you are. So one twin will distance themselves out of fear. And I was definitely doing that because I was like, what if things end badly? Like, I don't want to be hurt. Yeah. Um, So then the next stage is called the surrender, (laughs) which (laughs) sounds so like you're just like, well, might as well. I'm already here. I give up. Yep. So. So both give up on the need to control the relationship. So you kind of just fall into that easiness of I don't need to have my foot in every single aspect of everything that is going on. You just kind of find that easiness. And then the final stage, right? What else do I have after this? Hello? Yeah, the final stage is a sense of relief that balance has been restored to the relationship. So... And there was no timetable really given. So mm-hmm. I imagine that this can take months, years even yeah. for you to go through all of these stages with somebody. And to me, what I see in this is that the key is patience. Like mm-hmm. trust yourself, listen to yourself. Um, 
Another thing about twin flames that I read was that they can help you find yourself. And in that self-knowledge comes the knowledge of your own flaws, but also like that to live without fear. And I have definitely experienced that with since I've been with Charlie, like that easiness to go on a self-discovery journey because I know that he'll be there for me at mm-hmm. whatever outcome yeah. I decide to decide on. And also he's made me realize a lot of my flaws because he points them out, which isn't <laughs> a bad thing. I'm glad that he does because yeah. otherwise I wouldn't know. And I've really learned that I'm a huge brat. <laughs> like I'm very used to getting what I want, whether that's through hard work, you know, ambition, Mm -hmm. or through just being a huge bitch, um, which I'm working on. (laughs) But it's nice that he recognizes that and is like, okay, I accept that sometimes she's a brat and there's nothing you can really do but wait for me to work it out on my own. Yeah. And, and like, all through all of my self-discovery, he's like, cool, great. I'm so excited for you. And he's there for me at every stage. And that to me is, you know, twin flames aside, that's what, to me, a great relationship is. Yeah. that's So as you're going through this list, I'm like, I'm a little conflicted because I feel like this is most relationships. Yeah. Which is, I feel like why people can sometimes think that um, that they're in a twin flame relationship because mm-hmm. a lot of these stages and steps feel like a normal relationship. Yeah. I think for the in a twin flame one, it could be even more dramatic, like even more like a passion involved and stuff mm-hmm. where sometimes as you go through a relationship, these stages are kind of passive or like they happen and it's not yeah. as fiery, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in a twin flame one, it's like even more pronounced. But I think that's where it's really hard to distinguish Am I just in a normal relationship who goes through these phases or am I in a twin flame relationship? And I think a lot of it is also how how close you guys can get and like how familiar you can feel with that mm-hmm. person and have that like instant instant thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it definitely will test you. But again, I feel oh, like yeah. it's a lot. And I feel like a lot of these can be misconstrued as well. Mm-hmm. So like the test um, phase or stage of twin flames can you know you don't want to set somebody up Mm -hmm. or like you know how in movies they're always like "Ooh, test him do this thing and if he chooses the wrong one have this girl go talk to him and see what he does (laughs) yeah that seems so wrong and so toxic i think that's a sign that you're not in a twin flame relationship because you feel like you have to do that i think it would happen naturally yeah and they Mm -hmm. can be big things small things he goes out for a night with his friends for the first time without you like Mm -hmm. i think that's like a test of trust in patience and stuff yeah and that actually happened really recently. Like, obviously, we've been in the pandemic, but Charlie wanted to go out and see his friends, and I, I didn't, I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. And I texted him. I was like, "Hey, when are you going to be home?" Just because I wanted, like, if you come in, I don't want to get startled. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was the only reason. Otherwise, I was like, I do not care where you go, what you do, because I trust you. Yeah. And. I felt the need to make that very clear. Like, hey, I just want to know when you're home so that way I won't, like, worry if it's two in the morning and you're not here. Yeah. Um, Because there are, you know, some people are very, like, those, you, you know, those things have happened to them in the past where it's very manipulative. Mm-hmm. And that was not my intentions at all. But it was still, like, a nice, like, Will he be home by the time he says he is? Yeah. And if he's not, like, it's not a big deal, but just tell me, yeah. you know? And there's a lot of things. Like, I've I've known some guys who, or even girls who won't text them back. And for me, like, that's a big red flag. And, like, Brad, me and Brad um, now have, like, good communication with that. But that was something that he needed to learn about me, is it's not just that I care about who he's with or what he's doing and i don't trust him mm-hmm. i have major anxiety yeah and if i don't hear from him i think he's dead yeah like it's so bad sometimes like an accident something yeah. happened so, like we've started texting each other and sometimes i'm really bad about it i need to reciprocate this but i mm-hmm. know he's not as anxious as i am so like he does it more often than i do sometimes but um like if he's going somewhere he'll text me once he gets there mm-hmm. and he'll like if i need to check in with him literally sometimes uh, especially recently i don't know why 
but I'll just have like a really bad feeling and I'll have to text him and be like, you okay? What's going on? Yeah. He's like, yep, I'm almost home or something like that. Because I just have like this bad feeling of like, I feel like I need to check in with him. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't trust him, yeah. but because I need to know he's okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, because you're worried. <laughs> yeah. Um, And I'm bad about that too, because sometimes I just forget. Yeah. Because he... He truly, like, doesn't care where I go or who I'm with, mm-hmm. not because he doesn't care about my safety, but because he trusts me to. And so sometimes I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go record with Cody. Mm-hmm. And he'll come home and be like, where are you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm at Cody's. Or like, um, oh, sorry, I'm getting coffee with Brianna or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you are you okay? <laughs> or, like, sometimes he'll see me. Leave, we, we have cameras for our yeah. house um and he'll see me leave and, and i haven't informed him where i'm going and i guess just out of curiosity he's like where are you going yeah i'm like oh just to my parents house or well, wherever it can be alarming sometimes to come home to an empty house when you're not expecting it yeah exactly because yeah. you know i'm i'm a small woman and so he's <laughs> like i just were worried you got taken or something <laughs> and i'm glad that he does worry about that kind of stuff it's very nice and reassuring that he he actually cares mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> have i been kidnapped yeah like it makes me really happy anytime brad even just sends me a message saying i'm here like mm-hmm. that's him because he wouldn't do that normally mm-hmm. and he used to not do that and i think it used to bug him like whenever i would just periodically text him and be like hey how's it going or something mm-hmm. but now he he just does it automatically and like i know that that's his thing that he did he started because of me and because my worries and stuff, so, like, yeah. that's his way of, like, showing that he cares. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a really nice um, show of him appreciating one of your love languages. Of, yeah. like, hey, I need this reassurance of your safety uh, because I just, you know, you get those intrusive thoughts of, like, mm-hmm. what if this has happened? What if this has happened? Oh, it's so bad. And that's just a good – it's a nice sign that he recognizes your needs and yeah. is – than f- fulfilling them. Yeah. So do you think that you and Charlie are twin flames? I think that Charlie and I are very compatible. Mm. I, I don't know if... I know that like we're like a spirituality podcast, <laughs> but I just don't know if I believe in it. I don't know. I'm, I was going to say the same thing. Because yeah. Because it... There's just a lot of it that I'm... I'm like, I don't like the language they use mm-hmm. in the like the the idea of being like halved is very problematic to me yeah um the idea that like you both are one soul like searching for each other is very seems already setting you up for toxicity yeah because you know i don't know i just and and, like they say that your twin flame doesn't have to be romantic it Mm -hmm. can be a friendship but at the same time also, you're kind of pushing the the romantic relationship yeah. as well. And also, if I had a friendship that went through a lot of these things, I don't know that it would be a good friendship. Yeah. Like, as a friendship, it's like putting each other to the test and, like, going through these trials together and stuff. That doesn't seem like a productive friendship. Like, yeah. I'm not in a friendship to be testing each other mm-hmm. and to be... Um, Having chasing to, yeah, or... chasing each other and stuff like that doesn't seem like a very productive friendship to me yeah. either and i feel like a lot of this is so influenced by the patriarchal idea of like romance novels mm-hmm. you know rom-coms yeah. where you know like as i'm reading this i can picture the gender roles like yeah. i can picture oh, absolutely i and and maybe if i didn't feel that influence so much on a mm-hmm. lot of the, the the language they use when describing it, it would be different. But I think that there's a really cool idea in it. Mm-hmm. But do I fully want to invest and believe in it? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's also, it's supposed to be kind of rare to find your twin flames. Like maybe we just, maybe if we did actually find that person, mm-hmm. if we had that happen to us, because again, it's supposed to be like you ascend so high, then your soul splits. Like there's probably not that many people Mm -hmm. who this would even apply to it's like maybe those people are like yes this is it like once they find it and maybe we're just not going to find it yeah but i don't know and for people to be like they're so different from soulmates and like i do see the differences and to and and again this is not to say that if you do believe in it that's a bad thing Mm -hmm. 
this is just the way that I interpret it and I'm seeing it and I would love to hear other people's interpretations yeah. of Twin Flames, but it just seems so pretentious and exclusive, elitist. Mm-hmm. I to... have a Twin Flame relationship. You don't. Yeah. You only found your soulmate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just... Well, in one of the yeah. ways that I saw um, Twin Flames and soulmates get compared, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of kind of interesting because it's it's hard sometimes yet to find the difference between these but it's supposed to be um they said that soulmates are like cut from the same cloth mm-hmm. whereas twin flames are halves of the same soul so like you're very similar but it's just like the basis of yourself is similar similar where soulmates are the same basically mm-hmm. which is still very blurry but i kind of yeah. liked that I also read a study on soulmates and a study done on well-educated women. 81% rejected the idea of soulmates. And I was just like, what are your qualifications for well-educated women? Mm -hmm. College graduates, graduate degrees, doctorate degrees. What is your qualifications? That's real weird. And that was just another attribute to the elitism of soulmates. Like, I don't know. Just... I feel like sometimes people just get into these relationships that feel so intense that they want to put a label on them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that they need to. Yeah, that's a thing that I am learning to be very against is labels. Mm -hmm. Like like trying to label your sexuality, trying to Mm -hmm. label every single relationship you have when those things exist on a spectrum. Yeah. And and like just... That's definitely like all all of those things of like you are going through a twin flame relationship are all on a spectrum Mm -hmm. like i can say yeah me and brad have gone through basically all of those things but we've also been together for almost five years like have grown together and Mm -hmm. of course we've gone through fights of course we've gone through like tests and trials and occasionally like one of us would have to chase the other one or something like we've had doubts in our relationship i feel like that's a pretty normal thing but i still don't think he's my twin flame yeah and i think that there's Like, again, we so badly want to put these labels Mm -hmm. on things and make them more important than they really are. But sometimes it's just, you know, we want to label humanity so badly. But sometimes, like, we're just humans. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go through these things because that's the normal cycle of human relationships. And that's the normal cycle of being close to somebody because emotions are erratic. And human behavior is truly unpredictable. So of course you're going to go through things where you're like, oh, I'm going to push this person away. (laughs) And because trust is hard. Yeah. If it were easy, then there would be no movies about it. There would be no books about it. This is why it's worth writing about and singing about and celebrating because it's hard. And, you know, we want love to be so romantic every aspect, but sometimes... It's truly just, it's not pretty sometimes. It's not. <laughs> even even when you're comfortable, it's not pretty. Like, you know, sometimes they're pooping and you're brushing your teeth and you're like, this is, this is the comfortability I want. And for some people, that's, it's not the same. Yeah. And, and that's okay. But you can't put a scale on it. You can't, you. I wanted to say like, just I can't. have a twin flame relationship and you don't, but one relationship might actually be way more healthy and functional than another. Mm-hmm. Um, like the one with a twin, twin flame, they might be breaking up every other week and yelling at each other all the time. Whereas the other one, they're like, you guys are in twin flames, but you guys are growing and learning with each other and all this. So yeah. And I think that that's, that's the part of relationships we need to focus on mm-hmm. is the growing. And even if you grow out of each other, like that's okay. Yeah. And like the, like, the idea that you have to hate each other after a breakup is so silly to me. Like, not that I have a ex that I'm, like, fine, that we, like, talk still or whatever. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't have to be, like, oh, this doesn't, person's doesn't devil. Have to be your enemy now. Yeah, just, you know. It just doesn't work out sometimes. And you can still, like, I have exes and I'm, like, yeah, it's kind of a shit person. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hate on them all the time. Yeah, just who cares? We didn't work out well together. Somebody else is going to be great for them. Yeah, and... It's like the opposite of love isn't hate. It truly is neutrality. Like just having no no feelings for them it, yeah. whatsoever. If you hate them, there's still some kind of like something yeah. there, I feel like. Hate is 
passion and yeah. passion is love and you know all of that stuff is emotional and having no emotion for somebody or just being like you know whatever i hope i wish them I don't the best think about them yeah i don't think about them at all um but <laughs> do you ever get like this burning need to like know what the, like i'm so curious what they're doing and so you like go on a google tirade of like what is this person <laughs> doing like i do that sometimes just because i am an intensely curious person yeah and when you spend years of your life with somebody, I feel like it's natural to be like, oh, what, what are they doing? doing? Yeah. What yeah. are they doing with their lives? I know that they were going to do this at one point. What happened with that? Yeah. And yeah. not because you're like invested or anything, just because it's like that burning curiosity. When I was getting married, not while I was getting married, when I was in preparations to get married, um, I suddenly just became kind of curious as to like where some of my exes were like in their relationships mm -hmm. like are any of them married yeah Do any of them have kids like where are they at, at this point because mm -hmm. it was such like a big life change for me that it made me think about life changes of other people that have been in my life yeah because you know a lot of my exes i've been with for a couple of years and i feel like it's natural to be like oh i was with this person for two years i wonder what they're doing or what Absolutely. they're up to but also, so we just kind of were like totally shitting on twin flames and stuff. Sorry. But if you guys think that you have this, like maybe we just haven't had something that's intense yeah. before. Maybe we're just not one of these people that's going to have this relationship. So, I mean, if you guys feel like you've had this relationship or in this relationship or if you very strongly believe in this, let us know yeah, totally. what we have wrong. Let us know like what we're missing out on or something. Um, you can email us at letsmanifestthat at gmail.com or at letsmanifestthat on Instagram or if you want to hit us up personally, it's Cody.Dawn. Or Sydney Jean, the vampire queen. I mean, maybe we just have it wrong. Maybe it's yeah. just because we haven't really experienced it yet or something. I'm also wondering if it's the literature we've decided to read or that totally because that could be it because tone is everything mm -hmm. <laughs> not to get writery on you, but tone <laughs> is truly everything. And if somebody is, you know, like, I am the superior on Twin Flames mm -hmm. and they have decided to write in that tone that then that completely boggles your judgment. Well, and one of the articles that I was reading was actually very much focusing on how toxic they can be and mm -hmm. like how much of like a slippery slope it can be to think that you're in one of these relationships and how much work it will be. Yeah. So I thought that that was actually pretty cool because I don't think people see these as work. Yeah. I think people think that you're going to find your other half and you're going to be good to go. Mm -hmm. That's not what it's going to be like. Well, also um, uh, <laughs> writing without bias is really hard yeah. so i feel like if you've you know had trouble in your relationships you're gonna be a little bit more jaded when trying to write about this sort of thing or just like the idea of it mm -hmm. and i feel truly i guess neutral about it because i'm yeah. i'm like i don't i don't know I've it, never... it might exist but i don't feel like i have it at least or i can't see it in my life mm -hmm. but um yeah i think it's also just kind of like We've talked about this before, like a heaven and hell type thing where it can bring like comfort to you. Yeah. If, if calling something, calling somebody your soulmate like really brings you joy and comfort, maybe that's what you need then. Like that's perfectly okay for you then if like that's what is fulfilling to you. Yeah. And it, and I feel like some of these see it as so it has to be this way mm -hmm. or it's not true. And I feel like that's where a lot of that hate comes from on tiktok or whatever mm -hmm. like because this is the way i see it and if you don't see it the exact same way it's not it's not a twin flame and like yeah. you, you know humanity is so different person to person and experiences are so different yeah so i, I don't know so i also wanted to talk about karmic relationships because i feel like this is one that most people will experience is a mm -hmm. karmic relationship did you look up anything on these uh-uh Cool. A karmic relationship is, it can be very passionate, but they're also usually not something that's going to be maintained. Mm. Um, they usually come into your life and serve as a learning experience where it can promote like personal growth. They tend to have a negative connotation because they don't work out, but it's mm -hmm. all about learning and mm -hmm. about growing yourself. So it's said that there's usually an instant connection in a karmic relationship. And for some, inexplicable reason you feel magnetically drawn to the other person like you can't live without them you also feel destined to be with the other person and can't understand why it's not working out the person might feel perfect for you it makes it really hard to see this person's flaws they're not always romantic which i think is an important thing to point out also so it can happen in friendships families mm -hmm. stuff like that 
But again, it's all about they're coming into your life to teach you a lesson that you need to learn. Mm-hmm. And there's some stuff that goes back. Um, some people believe it goes into like past lives and things like that. Like Ooh. you haven't learned something in your life. So they're coming into your life to like make you learn this lesson. Mm-hmm. And if you don't learn it in this life, you're going to have it again in the next life. And it, for me personally, I feel like it probably is going to get harder and harder until yeah. like you finally learn that lesson that you need to learn. But I feel like it's all about um, growing yourself. So yeah. like there's something that you're not getting in life and it's going to come in jumble everything up until you figure this thing out and I think that I've had one of these same I'm like wow I can totally picture this thing in my life see and then and then again I'm like I have experienced that so maybe if I had experienced a twin flame or like this intense feeling for another person that doesn't work out but you still yeah I still I don't regret it because I know that I know what it taught me and I wouldn't have been the same without this Mm mm-hmm and it was tough. It was hard. It was intense, but I, I needed yeah, it. But you come out of it feeling so much better, too. Mm. Like, you're like, oh, I learned so much about myself. And, like, my last relationship, I definitely feel like was one of these. And without it, I never would have gone on the, like, dating mm-hmm. journey and met Charlie. And I truly am so lucky to have someone like him in my life. Yeah. I think if I didn't have mine, I think I would have married somebody who I was not right for and they were not right for me. Yeah. (laughs) But I felt like I had to because I felt like I was stuck in this. Yeah. If he would have asked me, I would have said yes and I would have been absolutely miserable. I used to look at this guy and just look at him and be like, I'm going to divorce him in the future. Like before we were even married or engaged or anything, (laughs) I did not like him, but I felt so stuck with him. (laughs) Yes. You're like, this is going to be my ex-husband. Exactly. And I, I wasn't happy about it, but I didn't know what to do. Yeah. It's it's scary. It's hard to like detangle yourself from yeah. another person, especially because like for me, it's always that I'm afraid to tell other people that we broke up because mm-hmm. I just don't want to deal with the like, oh, I'm so sorry because I'm like, no, it's, it's fine. See, all my friends were like, thank God. <laughs> some yeah. of them, some of yeah. them. So the other ones, like they had the whole other viewpoint of them of like, he's amazing. He's such marriage material. You have to stick with him. He's going to make so much money and you guys are going to have such oh. a good future. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned because my ex was going to be a lawyer. And so it was like, oh, he's going to be so rich. Yeah. And, the, and through that relationship, I realized that money, like money in that way does not make me happy. Mm-hmm. I do not care, which is a very privileged thing to say because I've never really struggled for money. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to marry somebody just because, like, they're going to make my life comfortable. But you're not going to be happy with them. No. And I don't know. Just, yeah. like, I definitely learned a lot about myself that I'm – because in that relationship, I definitely feel like I put myself away in a box in a corner and and – let other things take over because I thought that I needed to be a certain way to be with this person. And then you realize like, oh, wait, no, (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. not right. I am a full person and the things that I'm doing right now are not bringing me any joy or happiness. Yeah. So some of the signs of being in a karmic relationship is that it's a roller coaster of emotions. So you might follow a pattern of happiness one day, but then be in misery the next Um, Even something like a minor argument or bump on the road can end up feeling like it's the end of the world. Um, I actually have something funny. Mm -hmm. I was, so when I'm doing a lot of drafting right now for my thesis, and I I like to write my plots down in a notebook. And so I just will pick up any notebook Mm -hmm. to write in. And I was going through the the pages that I'd written in. And it was was information about my, my past relationship of like, being so happy that things were working out and that our problems had been resolved and I was like this is this is this is so embarrassing and I tried to rip the pages out because I was like I just like don't even want to look at this it's so embarrassing and then the whole notebook like ripped and I was like okay 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 I'll just keep them this is this is a reminder of where of where I've been and where I'm going oh that's funny but it oh my god it was so embarrassing I was like who even is that it's so tough to look back on yourself in some of these situations. Yes, it is. 
Um, it can also resemble a codependent relationship. So you mm-hmm. might feel like addicted or dependent to this person. Mm-hmm. It can also be very one-sided. Um, it can lead one person to being very self-serving and the other doing everything in their power to keep that other person happy. Oh my God, I'm so triggered right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll probably also be very fearful of how it will end. Mm-hmm. Um, it says sometimes it's easier to deal with an unhealthy relationship than face what might happen once it's over. Sometimes a karmic relationship, someone in a karmic relationship is often fearful of what will happen once it ends. Yeah. Time to be very transparent. I definitely have ended several relationships over tiny things because like the like it's hard. It's mm-hmm. like the relationship as a whole just isn't working. Yeah. And so something small will happen and like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. This is over. And, um, and then you're just like wow, okay, I feel so much better. I don't mm. even have to mourn this relationship because turns out I've been mourning it for... For months now. Yeah, like, how long, yeah. it's been over in my mind for a very long time. Yeah. And um, after my last relationship ended, I was, like, moving on, feeling really good. I was dating around. I have a very funny dating story, like, rebound story, so remind me to tell that because it's hilarious. <laughs> okay. But and he, I was sitting in class because I was taking us. This all happened over the summer, and I was taking a summer class, and I was sitting in class, like do my thing, writing some fiction, and I got an email, and I was like, "Tight, let me look at this really quick." <laughs> and it was this big long email from him. Oh no! And I was being kind of suckered into it at first, and then like I closed the email, and because I was in class, of course, so I was like, "All right, gotta gotta focus." <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking, and I was like wow, that was a whole email of manipulation, basically him telling me that he was waiting for me to come back, like to realize I messed up and come back. Oh, no. And I was like, all right, glad that ended. Tight. Do not contact me. Please stop. Um, so it was it was a wonderful, I felt like the universe was being like, this is a good summary of your entire relationship and how you felt. Mm-hmm. Do not go back to that. Yeah. And I really took that and I was like, yes, I'd never want to feel this way again. I never want to compromise. I never want to feel like I am, I am second in the relationship because, or like I'm putting mm-hmm. myself second in the relationship because that's not, that's not fair. And those were your lessons that you learned out of a karmic relationship. Yes. <laughs> and so th- then I, I, so right after the relationship ended, I was at school and I saw a guy that I was very good friends with when we worked together. I was like, oh, my God, it's so nice to see you. I haven't seen you in forever because I quit that job. Mm-hmm. And um, was like, oh, here's my email. Because this man did not have a phone, which should have been my first <laughs> fucking flag. This man did not have a phone. So I was like, oh, here's my email. We can email. And so... I was like, oh, so good to see you. Um, We should hang out sometime. And then, and then, uh, like, he emailed me back. We started hanging out. I came over to his apartment, and I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) He had no furniture. It was a two-bedroom apartment, absolutely no furniture. We watched a movie on his laptop, which like, you know, some people don't have TVs, like that's fine. Yeah. But there was nowhere to sit. This man's had nowhere to sit. And he didn't like just move in or anything. No. So oh God. He, he didn't even have he okay, let me say he was 30 years old. Oh my like, gosh. You should have your life it's at not least like he's together. Like a 20-year-old who just moved out or something. No. He was 30 years old. Like, not that your life should be perfect, but you should at least have a couch. He did not have a bed. Oh, my gosh. He didn't have a bed. So he slept on the floor. And he later told me that he didn't have any furniture because he'd lived in the apartment with his ex-girlfriend. And she he came home one day and everything was gone. <laughs> this should have been, like, my third, fourth, fifth red flag that this this man was... Not, oh, no. not for me. And then he, so again, he did not have a cell phone. So it was hard to get a hold of him. And we were supposed to hang out, you know, eight, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, come, you know, midnight. He finally gets a hold of me and is like, can't hang out. Something happened. 
And I was like, can you like tell me what happened? No response. Next day he shows up and is like, my ex came back. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, have fun sleeping on the floor. <laughs> oh that is. And after that, I was like, okay, no more settling. This is ridiculous. This, this man was crazy. Well, and it's not like the ex took his phone away. Exactly. They didn't have a phone. And, and like, I under, I was like, this, I get that you're like not into technology, but also this is 20. Get a flip phone. Get like 20, one of those like really old, like you don't have to have like a smartphone or anything. Get I'm something. Saying. And oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Okay. I just remembered this. He did have a cell phone. Okay. But he couldn't pay for it. Oh, dear Lord. That doesn't make it any better. <laughs> no, it makes it kind of worse. You can get a phone for like 40 bucks now. <laughs> like wow. he couldn't pay the bill, so it kept getting shut off. Go and to Cricket Wireless or whatever it is. It's like 45 bucks a month. Come I'm, on. I'm saying. And, you can't and, afford that? And, you know, live through my poor life choices. And if somebody, if somebody doesn't have any furniture at their house when you go over and they're sleeping on the floor, leave. Leave immediately. Do not look back. Do not oh, regret your choice. Goodness. Because, oh, and, goodness. and that to me is another karmic relationship where I was yeah. like, okay, I did not like anything about this. <laughs> what did you learn from this one? Well. <laughs> All of it was bad. Date someone that at least has a bed. Yes. Also, like when your instinct is telling you that this is a red flag, mm-hmm. listen to it. Oh, that's such a big one. Yeah. Yes. And also, Ugh. I just, you know, just to put a little humor in there, like, it's it's funny. You can laugh. Like, I'm, oh, like, laugh with me. Uh, so, yeah, that's the purpose of karmic relationships is uh, to break cycles of bad behavior from past lifetimes and to learn how to heal. So <laughs> you're going to learn, teach yourself something. Um, and some people, I feel like it's important to know that some people get karmic relationships and soulmates confused mm-hmm. because of that. Sometimes they have, like, a really good connection um Mm -hmm. but they're not gonna work out they're just here to teach you yeah and like sometimes people are just better as your friend Mm -hmm. than your romantic partner yes because they are not capable of supporting you in and if somebody doesn't have a bed how are they going to emotionally support you i just don't like that guy couldn't even support himself where was my mind like what was i thinking (laughs) like why Uh, and um one kind of like more on the spiritual side too is that uh this licensed psychotherapist and certified life coach says that the purpose of a karmic relationship is to advance the soul forward in this lifetime it's like getting like out of that cycle of like past lifetimes which also i i don't know if i want to talk about it today i think i think we should have like a whole podcast on this but i saw that like energy worker again and she gave me more information (gasps) about my past life Ooh, okay on the way here i was like we should do a whole episode I really want to do an episode on past lives, so we yes. need to put that in the books. Because I know some stuff about possibly. Like, I still am kind of like, who knows if this is real? Yeah. But also, this resonated with me in a way that I never thought that it would, which got me, like, really thinking. Because um, I always thought past life stuff was like, nah, yeah, who knows? It's yeah. it's real weird. You can't prove it at all. But then once she told me this stuff, like I literally was, like, almost crying. Um, and I don't usually... I don't know. I can usually put up like a good wall for those things to like, you know, like sometimes psychics, what? Psychics or um, something like that, or like energy people can kind of just like feed off of you yeah. and like guide you away that yeah. like you're already like guiding them. It wasn't even like that at all. I gave her nothing. Like I'm pretty good at like not, oh, my mouth made a weird sound. <laughs> I'm pretty good at like not letting them in, mm-hmm. just like feed into that. But she, oh, and it made me cry. Yeah. It was weird. And also, there are, there are parts of spirituality that I give 100% belief in, mm-hmm. like zodiac signs. I totally believe in that. Like yeah. your chart. Like, there, And there are things I definitely put stock in. And so it's not to say that your twin flame or – and I, I just feel like it's so important to repeat this because I don't yeah. want people to feel alienated. Um, like it's not to say that if – you've had this experience like it's not valid like it's totally valid that because you believe in it that makes it valid absolutely and like it's like with the energy work like because it resonates with you and you find spiritual healing in it that makes it real yeah and i think i didn't once i resonated with it that much i was like 
oh, this has hit me like in a different way now than it ever has. And that could, again, also be the twin flame stuff, like you said. Like, I'm, maybe we're not resonating with it because we've never actually had an experience like that. Yeah. And other people definitely could have. So, yeah. Let us know if you've ever had that. Um, and look forward to look forward to listening about what I did, how I died, actually, in a past <gasps> life. That's all oh. I know so far is, like, how I died and what I did to des- – kind of what I did to deserve that death. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me until the podcast. I want it to be a live reaction. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know that much about it, but I knew enough that, like, really gave me some tingles. Cool. Um, and I'm hoping that I can keep kind of going down that path. And I've also found that energy work is kind of like therapy, mm-hmm. at least the stuff that I've been going through. So I'm really excited to talk about that. But yeah, that's all I have this week. Do you have anything else? Nope. So that's all we have this week, guys. Stay happy. Stay healthy, stay beautiful. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.